what is the death and resurrection of Jesus got to do with the calling of someone? Welcome to the Gospel Coach Podcast. We're here to remind, refresh, resource, and re-engage with gospel coaches all around the globe. Glad you can join us. I'm your host, Jim Moon Jr., and I'm here today with the pioneer of gospel coaching, Dr. Tom Wood. He's the founder and president of CMM, where for 15 years, he's been training gospel coaches in the cross-conversation model. It has spread from Atlanta to every continent. Our goal in these podcasts is to empower you, the gospel coach, in your ongoing coaching of other leaders. We'll give you examples of what we've learned over the years and invite different guest coaches to share what they've learned through coaching to advance the gospel with their coachees. So whether you're in the U.S., Canada, England, Scotland, or Cuba, South Africa, India, Australia, Malaysia, Nigeria, or Germany, or any other nation, let's get started cross-pollinating ideas and insights in gospel coaching. We'd love to hear from you. Please feel free to send us a note at gospelcoachnetwork at gmail.com with questions and comments. Well, it's good to be back today. I'm really looking forward to today's discussion. Uh, what's on your agenda for today, Tom? Hey, Jim. I'd like for us to discuss today the whole idea of calling. If uh, you haven't had a coachy come to you yet and be in a place of questioning his calling as a pastor or planter, you will. It's a common feature yeah. of a pastor to at some time in his tenure have that internal discussion over whether or not he should continue his role as a pastor. It'll be something like, I wonder if I should just quit this church and go on to another church or maybe do something else like vinyl repair or painting houses somewhere. <laughs> That's the kind of self-talk that uh, happens in the heart of a pastor. And though it's a calling question, Jim, I want us to frame it today as a coaching issue. What does a gospel coach do when a coachee is questioning or searching for his call? Yeah, that's a really good question, Tom. Um, there are a lot of different ways that this gets expressed. It could be someone who's considering going into church planting, right? Or it could be a pastor who's thinking their time is up or they're looking for a new assignment. And, you know, having coached dozens of um, of pastors and planters, I and being in networks and denominations, you end up talking to a lot of people about those opportunities and, you know, falls into a few categories. You've got potential church planters, you've got pastors that are in a crisis, like the ones that are thinking about going to the lucrative career of vinyl repair. They've already written their resignation letter. Um, and typically, you know, I find that those are because of a philosophy of ministry conflict, you know, with people in the church. Or I've even talked to guys that are itching to plant again, or they're just under-challenged, you know, where they are. They feel like they truly have done everything. Or a relational crisis. Or, yeah. and Conflict is right. an interesting trigger of people going, I think God may be moving me yeah. on. Yeah, I said philosophy of ministry um, conflict, but that's really a code for relational conflict, right? Because it's people have a different opinion of how the church should be run. Um. So yeah, you know, you have to start with a lot of questions as a coach. You have to be thinking um, what's on their radar, you know. Um, you have to get some information. When did you start to consider this? What prompted it? 
Um, and the key question, it's really important, how's your wife feel about this? That's really vital. So yeah, you know, you've mentioned conflict. Those are all issues that, that, that come up as people are thinking about, is it time for a new assignment? So as a coach, another, another thing you need to be aware of, I think, is when you're listening to a guy that's been a planter and he's been there like in his fifth year, sixth year, seventh year, somewhere there, we found that in that, we called it the five to seven stretch, right? Yeah. That oftentimes he gets there and he's like, I, I just, I'm wondering if I should let somebody else take this to the next level. Because yeah. ordinarily, most of the time, I won't say ordinarily, but many times, a guy that started out to plant a church gets into his fifth year and it's not the church that he's dreamed of when he started. But whatever it is, sometimes it's bigger and you know, more different, um, or sometimes it's smaller and less what he envisioned um, when he started. Um, but that that voice starts ticking away between the fifth, sixth, seventh year, somewhere there, and that we found. Yeah. Um, so the next guy needs to come and, and and take it to the next level, and and I. To you guys that are coaching guys that say that, I want you to tell, you can tell them, you can quote me on this because I tell them, oh, oh, the next guy will come in and take it to the next level, but it is not going to be up. In most cases, it's going to be down. So that's not the, that's not the, the reason why a guy should go. But again, we're back to the issue of calling. Um, and, and, as, and as always, we, we have to get to the core eventually and ask, what does it mean to walk by faith in the power of the gospel of Jesus, even when you're wrestling with this issue of calling. And again, we're talking about a guy that's thinking about leaving. Um, we could we, we could stretch this into a guy who's considering, as you said, maybe considering going to plant another call to plant a church or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, but we want to get... Uh, to that val- you know, what is the death and resurrection of Jesus got to do with the calling of someone being a pastor? Right. Um, anyway, um, we certainly don't want to tell somebody uh, that they're called and to stop worrying about it. <laughs> right. As if we know, yeah. <laughs> as a coach, for sure. <laughs> so how does a coach process the internal question? You know, uh, I've often said, you know, the coaching session gives the coachee an opportunity, the margin in their life to think and to process. That's oftentimes what a coaching session is. It's that margin they need in their world because life's so busy and things like that. So they get in a call. We don't want to fill up the space with a lot of chit-chat. So there's a margin in there, and, and, and it's a margin for them to think and process. So how does a coach process with their coachee, that internal question. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, in in a way you have to you have to put on a mentality as a coach. At least I do when I'm grappling with this of giving them space to think, giving them space to consider, actually praying with them, which we believe in very strongly, right? Um, because we're we want them to have a sense of what God is saying to them. It's that's what calling is, right? It's like the voice of God, a speaking of God. And we also want to hear want them to hear from God's people. So kind of put that lens on as well. 
there is the big temptation, as you mentioned, as one of God's people to tell them what you think, but that's not always helpful. What we're, what we're looking for is what's going on in their story, uh, how has their story been redefined by who they are in Christ, what they do for Christ by His grace and His Spirit, and what uniquely draws them into the life and work and the mission. Uh, so how can we coach someone in a calling exercise? What, what do we need to think through, Tom? Well, we've outlined it. Uh, I have this worksheet. We'll, we'll tell you how to get it at the end of yeah. this, today's broadcast, but, or excuse me, podcast. Um, but we need to, anytime you're discussing or coaching somebody, you need to help them view this with three different perspectives, coming at it from three different perspectives and not just one perspective. Again, that one perspective could be just the situation. It's it's a crisis time. It's a conflict time. It's um, the church is running out of money or it's, you know, um, existentially is just the way I feel about it. You, you really need to help them think through more than just that one perspective. So we talk about three different perspectives. And one is that personal sense, obviously, of God's spirit. He's talking to you. He's, uh, I think it was Martin Lloyd-Jones who said, you know, it's, it's something that's happening to you. God's acting upon you by his spirit. And, um, just, you just know, you sense, uh, existentially, boy, this, this is the voice of God. I think God's speaking to me on this, but that, as we said, can't be the only thing. There's, there's also the context or the situation. And, uh, I found in, in church planting, what a guy is trying to figure out if he's going to church planting, oftentimes he'll feel a specific call to a certain kind of people or a certain city. They feel yeah. like this context is, this is where I belong. I belong among these people. I belong in this city, um, among this people group. Um, when missionaries are called, um, oftentimes they're called to a specific people group or language group, right, or specific country that they feel called to. And that can happen here, here in the U.S. as well. Um, so we were just talking at lunch about a guy who from the Pacific Northwest who's moved to the South. And you were saying, what were, what were you saying about the cultural yeah. clash? You know? He said, I, I just, I need to talk to somebody that can help me understand the South because I've only ever lived in one region. I know it's different here. And when conflicts come up, people seem to handle it differently. And he was really confused about the whole college football thing. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if and and if you're listening from the UK or if you're you know another part of of the world in another country, I'm sure you have the same distinctives, you know, in your culture as well. You know, London is not, you know, um, the the Highlands of uh, of Scotland. Of yeah. Scotland, mm-hmm. you know, it's a different kind of yeah. kind of rural place. Um, so, but, so there is that context and you do sense. And so as a coach, again, we're back to coaching. So you can help them help your coachee figure out, well, where do they best fit? What, you know, um, if they want to leave or if they're thinking about leaving, well, to leave, to go to something, you know, Mm. I always ask the question when a guy is telling me that he's thinking about leaving or feels called is. Are, do you feel you're being called to something or are you being called away from something? And it helps them get a perspective on it. 
is the reason that I want to move or move on in my calling because I'm trying to run away from something or get away from something? Or I really feel like there's a sense in which there's a, a contextual place that I'm supposed to go do ministry in. And then the third, there's also the normative or what we call God's channel. That, in my understanding, is the legitimate spiritual authority that we've submitted to in order to help us follow after Christ. There's, there's typically an adjudicatory or a congregation or a group of elders or a bishop or a diocese, if that's your ecclesiastical persuasion. Uh, but whatever your tribe is, um, that tribe has a part in affirming God's call in your life. And you need to listen to that affirmation from those, from that adjudicatory, from those people who have authority over you. Um, we have to, uh, <laughs> you, you told me the story of your grandson who, who uh, was uh, trying to ex uh, uh, express himself. I guess is yeah. that would that be a nice way to say? Yeah, it? that's a that's a nice way of putting it. He was it. trying to express his own opinion about what mm. he should do and what he shouldn't do, and uh, you were explaining to him that what tell tell the yeah I, he deliberately disobeyed me and we had to have a little talk and I had to explain to him that I have to obey God, your grandmother has to obey God, your mom and dad do as well, and we have to teach you to obey. And we are all under authority, right? We're all under authority. Yeah. yeah. That's the principle. Yeah. And so I think that that helps. So as you're working with your coachee, is to ask, who's your authority? Right. Who Who's the affirming adjudicatory that when you're wrestling with this call, who's the one, who's in that authority position? Because you see, the, if you say, well, God's the authority in this sense, okay, but that's existential. That's still that sense. Like I sense the Holy Spirit saying that. But there is some God-ordained authority in your life that I think that you should lean into. And uh, I think as a coach, you need to help the coachee find out who that is. Do we have any tools that can help the, the coach resource their coaches as they're wrestling with the calling on their life? Yeah, we do. I mean, we've got uh, a PDF worksheet that's on the website. I think it's under communications and tools. And, um, but, and, and in that, it's all written down. It's a summary of what you asked, right? And it's got some good questions too that. Under each category, a lot yeah. of questions. Yeah. Yeah. Cause those questions are what draw things out of the guy situationally questions to ask him about what's going on personally and existentially what's going on. And then the normative or the way that God speaks those are vital and important. I wonder, too, if some we might ought to point out the church leader inventory and the assessment process that we have, the yeah. CMM's got available. Um, the church leader inventory is a 360-degree uh, tool that helps church leaders get a good handle on what the church thinks of them and what they think of themselves on 34 different competencies. There's a, a version for spouses as well. And then CMM uh, does its own streamlined church planter assessment, which is a really vital thing for someone who's considering the call to church planting. You really need to have a robust look. Um, and Tom's done a lot of these assessments. It's how many now? Did you count up the other day? It's Was over a thousand. Yeah. So... Um, 
Dr. Tom Wood has seen a few things in church leader candidate couples, and if you've got somebody that you're working with who's considering that, you should check with us about an assessment. Obviously, different denominations and networks have assessments as well, but we've got a really good one. Yeah. Today, it's time to remind yourself of the grace-renewing dynamics at the heart of gospel coaching. Tom's new book, Vital Grace, Getting Everything for Nothing, is the expanded teaching of the core of the coaching you received in your foundations class when you trained to become a gospel coach. David Whitehead, Senior Director and Urban Gospel Coaching Trainer with City to City New York, wrote, This book is a winner and needs to be read by anyone who is serious about going deeper in their walk with Christ. Dr. Bill Sims, Korean Ministries Coordinator for Mission in North America, who recently completed all the pieces of gospel coach training, said, Vital Grace is like a defibrillator, awakening us to experience a radical outpouring of God's grace. Vital Grace, Getting Everything for Nothing by Tom Wood is now available at Amazon.com. Get your copies today, one for you and one for your coachees, so they are saturated in gospel renewal. So, Jim, um, as a coach, we're helping coaches. So a guy is trying to discern his calling, whether it's to go plant or leave his church or be called to another congregation or be called to another ministry or be called to go lead a nonprofit. Um, what, what might be a clear objective that a coach could help them work on? Yeah, it's real tempting just to tell them, isn't it? Like, yeah, you need to work on this. But the key to it is asking them questions that help them land on the idea. Again, these are where they might land. You can ask them, so what are, what part does prayer call, what does, I'm sorry. What part does prayer have in this sense of a change of call? Uh, what's your wife think about this? What will it do to the church that you're in? What are the other things that you ought to consider about your calling at this age and stage that you that you didn't? What could what could you have learned from previous callings or things that you know from other people? Those are the questions we would ask as a coach. But trying to get them to land on an objective, something like uh, I will build a team of prayerful people um, that I can ask their opinion. Um, or I just simply, you know, things are running, I'm running and gunning. I, I need to carve out time in my schedule to work on this question of my calling. Um, well, and then you're, you're kind of, as, as I think through this, I, I'm looking for three to five indicators that they can come up with that are going to show them when or if they're actually ready to consider another call. And I, of course, I always recommend to them, as you've told me before, I wouldn't be a good friend or a good coach if I didn't tell you. Don't start telling people in your church that you're looking at another call until you have another call. It really does upset the apple cart in ways that are really difficult. Now, that's in the U.S. context. Maybe in other countries with other adjudicatories, it's important for you to let people know in your hierarchy. Um, but 
that's a question you want to you want to work on as a coach or an issue you want to work on a coach so basically the the coaching uh conversation you're having is to help the your coachee to help this pastor get clarity to their calling yeah whether it's to where they are right now or if it's to move move on um and we're not really after the information like like the answer to that question is the thing we're after it's it's always about transformation of the heart and uh being before the lord so um yeah inviting other people into that conversation that are trust trustworthy and giving you that feedback can help bring clarity to that so anything you can do in your coaching conversation um that helps them in an in a in an objective way, in a very clear way, bring that clarity they need to answer that question, I think is the thing we're after as a coach, all bathed. And then there's strategies, the things that they want to bring, you want to help them uh, bring the strategies include talking with people, making appointments, maybe going visit that that situation, praying obviously is a mm-hmm. big part of that, fasting, yeah. all pieces of those strategies in order to have that clear sense of God's calling. And by the way, just as we're closing, that paper on calling is a, is a tool that I use to, it's a handout to the coachee. It's not something that we coach through together. It's here, you and your wife, you get a copy, your wife gets a copy, you guys go through this individually, one-on-one, before the Lord, answering these questions, really seeking out the Lord. And it it's not going to happen in five minutes, it's not going to happen in one sitting. It's really a series of times before the Lord. And then the two of you, husband and wife, get back together and hear, hear what God's saying, you know, right. what God has said. So, Right. That tool that, uh, that you've, you mentioned, I've used it, and it's very effective. It helps people really grapple with what's going on situationally, existentially, and normatively. So we're very happy for you to have a copy of that, and we look forward to catching you on the next Gospel Coach podcast. Thank you for joining us. Remember, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment or a story to share, send us a note via gospelcoachnetwork at gmail.com.